Today on Abounding Grace from Ed Taylor. We all want the prominent places. What we should be wanting is the place that God has for us, whether we're seen or not, to whom much is given, much is required. And it's important to realize I'm a part of the body, you're a part of the body. I'm needed, you're needed. You may not be visible, you may not be noticeable, but you're a part of the body and an important. And you're needed for the whole body to function. This is amazing grace. While many Christians are sitting in the stands watching the game, so to speak, while a few are actually participating, our aim today on Abounding Grace is to encourage you to get off the sidelines and into the game. It starts by realizing you are very important to the team or church. Today, Pastor Ed Taylor visits 1 Corinthians 12 and points out a very common attack that you'll no doubt face as you walk with Christ. One of the biggest attacks on believers in the church, whether you're in a church of 10 people, 50 people, 100 people, a church of 5,000 or 10,000, this attack is very similar. It's a personal attack on believers. And the attack sounds something like this. You have feelings or you might even hear it or someone might even tell you this, which would be a shame, but someone might, you might even hear it from someone's lips. And here's the attack. You don't matter. Nobody knows who you are anyway. The guy sitting next to you really doesn't like you. She's mad at you. You saw when there was time to greeting, nobody came up to you. You don't matter. Don't come back. You're not needed. And on the list goes. And I'll tell you right now, all of that is not true. It is a spiritual attack. You are needed. You are uniquely gifted. And although you may not see it now by faith, you believe God. That's what faith is, seeing what you don't yet see. Believing something that's unseen. You got all these feelings or all these attitudes, but they're not true. Especially as a church grows. Especially as more and more people call a particular church, like Calvary, their home. Where things were a little bit easier in ministering to people when there were just 30 people showing up for Bible study many years ago. Just 30 people. On a midweek Bible study, there were times when we had four or five, ten people coming out to a midweek Bible study. And you could just point them all out one by one. And, and it would, that, that way you could just nurture. You could come alongside and say, but then sometimes what happens in a church like that, what will what, happen is that it becomes so human-centered where they don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to give you that kind of attention. Because ultimately, your value in a church is not because the pastor notices you or somebody greeted you. Your value is where God has placed you. And you're not to move until God tells you to move. You're not to run away. You're to stick right where he's put you because that's where he wants you in his body. That's not how the world teaches. The world says, just go find a place that's perfect for you. Perfect for the kids, perfect for everything. Find, and then what happens? You know, pastors will start to tailor churches for all the needs in the community. They'll go knocking. What kind of church do you want? They'll ask unbelievers. What kind of church do you want? Well, I want a church that doesn't sing a lot. Great. And I want a pastor that can teach for 12 minutes. Oh, 
great, 12 minutes. Huh? That ain't possible with me, so forget that. <laughs> and so you'll have, I'll get the flyers, you get the flyers. Oh, brand new church in town, pastor teaches for 12 minutes. Hey, I believe God can use that in 12 minutes. But if a pastor's going to teach for 12 minutes, he better be led by the Lord and not by some survey going door knocking Amen. or trying to get people to come. Hey, we don't be bored in church. Man, if I bore you, that's my fault because the word of God is not boring. And if, it's, if, if I'm boring you, then just drag me out and get somebody else that won't bore you for an hour and a half. That's how long I want to teach. <laughs> Like, come on, guys, you guys get bombarded by the world every day. 60 minutes of Bible study shouldn't be all that much, man. I mean, truly, my prayer is that by the time 60 minutes comes up, you're like, oh, man, is it done already? Give me more of the word. I want to know what God has to say in my life. And be careful of going after the Bible says, teachers that will just scratch that little itch you have. Because <laughs> sometimes you... We'll come to a section of the Bible because we study through the Bible beginning to end. Every word, every verse, every chapter. And those of you that read through the Bible, you know, not every verse, not every word, not every chapter is all that feely, touchy-feely, feels like a big, warm, fuzzy teddy bear. Sometimes it's very prickly like a porcupine. And something that God's word will say or some illustration I share will hit you. Not that you came to church to get hit, but you came to church to hear the truth. I don't, like, I don't pray. I wasn't praying today. Man, Lord, I hope I hit everybody, man. I mean, right between the eyes. Knock them out. But God's word is going to speak to you. And part of our time as we gather is to correct and direct our lives. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to continue. He doesn't want me to wander in my own strength, my own power. He doesn't want me making mistakes that hurt people and he wants me to stay on track, abiding in him. And so the Bible, God will use it to instruct us, to correct us, to help us live. And so even as you have those feelings of not belonging, the, the answer is not to run away. Every single person within the sound of my voice, no exceptions, belong in the body. You belong. You've been put here according to the Lord. His sovereign purpose. Sometimes you'll start to compare yourself. You go, well, Ed, you know, I'm not a very important part of the body because you may look up at a stage like this and say, well, we see Pastor Ed up there. And we see him up there, and he's prominent, and he's there, and, and he has a speaking gift. So he's in front of the people a lot. And you may come to the false conclusion, go, well, we look at Pastor Ed. He's a really important guy. And then you might even go farther and say, well, he's more important than me. And then you might come to the false conclusion if you keep going down that road, well, there's Pastor Ed. He's the most important person in this particular church. And I'll just, that's not true. Things do go just fine when I'm not here. God does great things, sometimes even greater things when I'm not around. I'm not the most important. I am a servant just like you. It is interesting that God has given me a place that is face-to-face -face with you, because personally, I like behind the scenes. I would rather, you know what? Give me a book in an empty room somewhere. Give me a library in an empty room somewhere, and I would be perfectly content with that, just reading and reading and reading. I'd love to, if I just, that's my life, I, I just read, read, read. I'd love, I'd just do it. 
And isn't it interesting that a guy that would just love to hang out and read, God would put him in front and say, no, no, you're, I'm going to use you in a different way. I'll use your reading. That's important when you're studying. But you're not staying in the room all day there, son. <laughs> and look at where you are gifted, what you like to do. Look at how God's arranged you. And although you may have some preferences, God says, no, you're important. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use your personality, your uniqueness, just like the body. Ears are important. Not everybody's an ear. Eyes are important, but not everybody's an eye. Mouths are important. Not everybody's a mouth. And God has made your body perfect, just like he's made the body of Jesus. That's the picture. You want to be very, very careful that you don't want to be something that God hasn't made you. That's one of the most frustrating places to be. You may ascribe, because it's such a visible ministry, your heart might right now, well, you know what, I want to do what you do. Well, I hope that's from the Lord. I really do, because doing what I do and what God's called me to do is very painful and very hard and very tiring. I hope that's what God's called you to do, because you don't want to be doing what I'm doing if God hasn't called you to do it. And I may see something that you're involved in, and I'm like, wow, man, that would be cool to do that. And you go, wait a minute, it better be from the Lord. It better not be your own personal preferences. Because you want to be exactly where God has called you to be and thrive there. So when we ask sometimes, why am, the, am I the way that I am? And I'm not talking about the fleshly mistakes we make or the areas where the Holy Spirit needs to change us and mature us, but just who we are. You know, the, the quirkiness of our lives. The, it's just how our personalities, you know, and introvert, extrovert, all those types of things. The personality traits. Why, why did I grow up where I grew up? Why the foster care? Why, why did my dad leave? And you start to ask those questions about your life. I just want you to know God's going to redeem who you are. And he's going to use it all for his glory. Nothing is wasted by God. Not one bit. And we may look back and wish. You know, we grew up with some people that seemed to have it better, but we didn't live their life. They may be, while you're wanting to live their life, they're in their room wanting to live your life. And you want to be content where you are. Just saying, Lord, this is my lot in life. If you're a foot, then be the best foot you can possibly be. And if you're a mouth, then use that mouth to the glory of God. If you're an eye, then be a great eye. Some of you are so vital, you're not even seen. And that kind of upsets you because of the foot, you know. It's, oh, I'm always in the shoe, you know, and it stinks down here. And, but what are you going to do without your foot or that big toe? You lose all your balance if you didn't have a big toe. And here you are in that place, that place that you live, that place that you work, that place, your whole history. I've thought about it myself. I thought back, and we always say it, if I knew then what I know now. But you didn't. We start to think, I wonder if. And just save yourself all that grief. You can't go back. You're not going to know then what you know now. Let God redeem who you were, even the dumb, dumb stuff. That when you look back and you share your testimony... You're like Peter, man. The things of which I'm ashamed. It's not when you share your testimony, you're not. I mean, sometimes it's kind of a bummer because you've got to relive some things. You're, oh. 
But it's God using those things and mixing them all together, working what? All things together for the good. There's no need to go back. You can't. To even think that way, just know that everything that has happened in your life has made you who you are right now. Here you are, ready to be used today. And what God's doing in your life, you fit perfectly in the body. And if we were all one member, then where would the body be really messed up? Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. (laughs) Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Some of the most powerful parts of the body here are the prayer warriors that we never see, never hear, never know about. But they spend hours in prayer. We never know about it. They're not coming to the church, tooting their horn, look how much I've prayed. No, they just go, they come in one, you know, one Bible study and they start praying for me big time. They're like, man, we need to pray for that brother. Yeah, good. And they might, in the greeting, they saw, they didn't talk to you. They probably didn't even make it to you. It's the same where the enemy goes, oh, look, that guy didn't make it home because it was time to sit down again. So they didn't make it to you, but they saw in your face you're carrying a weight. Now they've been praying for you until they see you again and you have a bright countenance. And then they come up and go, hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so and so-and-so. You look really, yes, the Lord has brought me through a great trial. And they don't say, well, you know, I prayed. They just say, yes, Lord, you answer my prayers. You brought joy back into her life. You'd never know it. They're unseen, but so necessary. We all want the prominent places. What we should be wanting is the place that God has for us, whether we're seen or not, to whom much is given, much is required. And it's important to realize I'm a part of the body, you're a part of the body. I'm needed, you're needed. You may not be visible, you may not be noticeable, but you're a part of the body and an important. And you're needed for the whole body to function. And I really believe that. I really believe in every congregation God has given to that congregation, that local fellowship, like here, here at Calvary, this local, every need our church has, has been provided by God by people in our church. I believe that. And that if that hasn't been provided yet, then maybe it's not from the Lord yet. I don't think we need to go to findapastor.com when we have a need for a pastor. I think if we just pray and open our eyes, God will show us. They're already here. They've already been serving. Could be the one that's been cleaning the bathrooms and we didn't even know it. They've just been faithful behind the scenes. We don't need to go striving and looking and interviewing. We just watch what God's doing. Just watch it. Just open your eyes. God has provided the, the needs. He's provided for all the needs within the church family. And if the need hasn't been provided yet, then all we need to do is pray and wait. Because it's coming. Where God guides, he what? provides and so all we need to do is wait on the lord and he'll renew our strength of course it's very difficult to wait sometimes we get very very impatient waiting on the lord but god is going to come through he's going to take care of the things that he's placed on your heart you have these great desires to serve these great desires to use your business for the glory of god these great desires to see your family honor where do you think that desire came from the holy spirit dropped it into your heart And if God's given you the desire, then he's also going to give you the enablement to make it happen. Be patient. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. So we don't want to be comparing ourselves in value. He says, those members of the body, verse 23, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. 
And on the unpresentable, they have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. God has composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That's a real long way of saying God has put the pieces together perfectly. We all fit together, that there wouldn't be any schism, that we would be connected, just like your body. It's a miracle, your body. You are a walking miracle the way God designed your body. All the needed parts, just for your eye to work. All the light and all the messages and your nerve endings and just for, just for your simple eyeball to see one little thing, let alone read and comprehend and understand. Your heart, your lungs, all the pieces that work together. There wouldn't be a schism. Think about this for a second as we wind down. Wouldn't it be a horrible thing if in our own bodies we had the same kind of striving that the church sometimes suffers from? Where your foot is like giving you attitude and talking to your ear and upset and then your hand just keeps hitting yourself and you're like, what's up? I hate you. You know, it's like, dude, stop it. Stop hitting me. Okay. Hey, what are you doing? You know, and then your body's all freaked out. The church gets that some way sometimes. See how the Holy Spirit weaves things to that hurt, by the way. I, was, I should have done it. I could do it without hitting, you know. And, but the, the church, we as believers, we, we slap each other like that verbally. Or we, we get into places where we're schismatic. And your body would never make it that way. The church isn't going to make it in. See how the Holy Spirit weaves together the last few times of studying on the weekend services about handling conflict. And now he's talking about the unity of the body here on Wednesday night where it's so needed for us to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. To strive, the Bible says. It takes effort on our part. It just doesn't happen. It requires humility and forgiveness and all the wonderful qualities that God has been pouring into us. The, the schisms happen when a person isn't satisfied to be what God has made them. What if your own body had a rebellious attitude and began to fight against? Your big toe would say, I'm tired of this hot, smelly place. I want to be released. It's dark and damp and nobody notices me. I'm so important to the body, but I get no attention. And the big toe just say, I want to be planted right there in the middle of the forehead. That would be weird. Like, hey, you had a problem with your big toe lately? Yes. Just wanted to appease it and put it in my forehead for a couple days. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, that's the, I think that because of where we've been in 1 Corinthians, like Paul is, I'm sure the church felt the same way. Body and toes talking and eyes. What if we were all in, I, I think he's wanting to bring some levity to the reality that when we are in schism, when we are in division, it's sad. It's sad. There are hurting people among us tonight. There are people broken hearted. And oh, that God would give us heart and wisdom to reach out. And not be so concerned just with us, but to be satisfied where God has placed us. Because he says in verse 26, if one member suffers, we all suffer with it. 
If one member is honored, then the members rejoice with it. You know, when we have Avant come up and share of his testimony in Cairo, we can all rejoice with him. Even if you weren't with him, we go, yeah, amen, brother. I'm glad you went, man. That's awesome. That's great. It's wonderful. And we get to rejoice with him. And then when there's someone suffering, we go, oh, my heart breaks with you. I'm so sorry you're feeling that. That's the body. That's what you're a part of. It's what God wants you to experience. He says, if you are the body, verse 27, and members individually, God has appointed these in the church. And then he begins to apostles and prophets and teachers and miracles and gifts and healings and helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. He's closing up his thought on the manifestations and the work of the Spirit. He says, here are these things in the church. And then he ends with these series of rhetorical questions. Are all apostles? No. And you can insert that because that's the intent. Are, you, are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Are all gifts of, do all have the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, I'll show you a more excellent way. Those of you that know your Bible, you know what's coming up. The more excellent way is agape love. That's what you want to major on. And realize that you have a very, very important part of the body. You so matter to the Lord. You so matter to us. And even if we fail you in the human realm, God will never fail you. Never, ever, ever, never, ever. And as we deal with each other's failures and weaknesses, just like you receive great grace, give it away. Like, that guy next to you needs some grace, man. That gal over there, she needs some grace. The love of God just flowing through us. Otherwise, we would never be together. If you weren't saved, man, we wouldn't be hanging out in a room on a Wednesday night talking about God. We would be who knows where. But look what God has done. You're listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, request a CD copy for $2. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. I'll repeat that in just a second. You'll also find Pastor Ed's teachings at calvaryaurora.org. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. Let us know the station you're listening to and if today's study was a blessing to your life. We'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through the website at calvaryaurora.org. Ed, we have a new resource to talk about. What do we have as our pick of the month? I'm really excited about our pick of the month because it matches our pick in September. It's a book by Gene Edwards entitled Tale of Three Kings. You have got to pick this up. Please pick them up together. Uh, I noticed on Amazon they often put them together. Please get Tale of Three Kings and the book The Prisoner in the Third Cell. And again, uh, we would love for you to get them from us to support us in the ministry, but you don't have to. Uh, just get the books and let them encourage you. Uh, let them build you up. But we would love to have you support our ministry, but it's okay if you get it somewhere else. And here's the deal with Tale of Three Kings. If you've ever been hurt, let me see a show of hands out there. Have you ever been hurt in a church or by another believer? Now put your hands back on the wheel because I know all the hands went up. And that's just the way it is. We've been hurt. And in Tale of Three Kings, especially 
in leadership and in serving. In Tale of Three Kings, Gene Edwards, he lays out for you the options when you get hurt. Number one, you can be like King Saul and just be a vicious spear thrower. Number two, you can be like Absalom and undermine and seek to uh, hurt other leaders that are hurting you. Or thirdly, we can be like David. Uh, and that is just to trust and trust our lives to the Lord and keep our eyes firmly fixed on him. And I know that all of us want to be a David, but as Gene Edwards says, and I'll give you a little uh, spoiler alert, uh, in his book he says, we all have a little King Saul in us. And it's true. Please get this book. It will minister to your heart. It's a book I read three or four times a year. It's a very quick read, uh, probably over a little bit over an hour, uh, maybe a little bit longer, but not much. It's an easy read, and it'll minister to your soul. Tale of Three Kings, you got to get it. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Gene Edwards' book, A Tale of Three Kings. Call 877-30-GRACE or visit calvaryaurora.org. Then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the Word of God. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora, Colorado.